Grain to Glass. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. How we doing? Oh, I almost thought Rick was going to pop in there for a second. <laughs> just waiting to see what was going to happen. Like, oh man, fight of the co-host. No, I thought we were just going to do like a, like a full on like... I'm Casey, I'm Brian, I'm Rick, I'm Justin. Like, just <laughs> go right through it all. Like, we did not discuss that. No, we did not. No. Uh, and this is the best beer show on the internet. According uh, to our mothers. Thank according you. To <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'll get it in there. I was I was waiting for somebody to say something, because that was weird. Uh, we got we got kind of a full studio uh, this week, and next week we're going to have an even fuller studio for the, for the water tasting thing. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, before we get too deep here, I want to do the ads. Got to do the ads. That's oh, yeah. important. Sometimes I forget, and then Brian has to remind me. Uh, <laughs> uh, the American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. Joining the AHA will give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the furrow link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. I also want to give a shout out to our patron, specifically Black Belt patron, Andy Thompson. If you'd like to be as awesome as Andy, head over to patreon.com slash blindnessstudios and become a patron today. And if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, uh, head over to blindnessstudios.com, click on the Amazon link above our homepage, uh, and then do your Amazon shopping as normal. We get a bit of a kickback from Amazon. really helps us out. Super easy for you to do. And, Brian. That's right. What have you been up to beer-related lately? Because <laughs> you have an epic... I do, yeah. I um, I just got back from Europe, and uh, you can, yeah, perfect. You can probably hear, but literally every time I get on an airplane, I get sick. You got to get that like emergency and uh, <laughs> well, like the air, like the anti-aircraft like just, bubbles. Like it's just, it's just vitamin C, though. Well, my girlfriend Jen was like, "Here, you can take this Zycam, this zinc," and I was like, "I thought that was like a bullshit thing, but like the like the airborne or whatever." Mm-hmm. You know what? Didn't they find out that was bullshit? Oh, it's probably all bullshit. Well, but you do everything you can to not it's be just sick. vitamin yeah. C. Like, yeah, that's fine. mind over matter it'll help too. A little, do you think it'll help? But, uh, well, too. Also, you just too. bathe in Purell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you can do. You can actually do that on a plane. It's a little known fact. So they, <laughs> what? You're allowed <laughs> bathe. Put, okay. Yeah. You can do, like bring an inflatable pool and just. <laughs> In the aisle, like I, I wish I could have done that because you there, just have to bring lots of tiny bottles of Purell because <laughs> three ounces. There was a bodybuilder drinking wine next to us, a row over farting. So on the plane, so that was awesome. That's a weird beautiful. combination of yeah. ingredients for a man. Uh-huh. Like wow. he's a farting bodybuilder drinking wine, like. Well, he was, I don't see a lot of those. He really. was sitting in the middle of one of the rows, and he he got reseated because he was making a stink about not having enough room. <laughs> all, He's on an airplane. <laughs> I know. I was like, bro, like you need to manspread that much, like whatever. It's anyway. my lats. They're in the way. I mean, he's big enough. He should probably just get an extra seat for his muscles. Don't. don't like, yeah, they should make people pay for that. Like, yeah, you're too big. Hey, muscle boy. <laughs> yeah, you're too muscly to have one seat. You have to buy two. <laughs> well, I don't want to give too much away because we do have another episode to do, but I will say that I, Cologne, it is absolutely true. There is all of the Kolsch beer in Cologne. It was extremely difficult to find anything but Kolsch in Cologne. Why would you try to find anything but Kolsch? Why, exactly. You know what I did find in, in Cologne, though, that wasn't Kolsch was um, Duff beer. 
There were like, 16 ounce cans of the Simpsons, like Simpsons Duff beer. beer cold at this little C store. That Did was, you buy one and then slam it on the street? You know them, right? <laughs> Dude, you can. Is it tasty? No, no. Okay. Um, you can walk around on the streets of Cologne and drink beer. It, the, I, okay, so picture, think about a street corner in whatever town you live in. Picture uh, 10 guys standing around in a circle and a case of returnable bottles. And these dudes were literally just chilling around, standing in a circle on a street corner, drinking beers. Jen and I walked up and down this main drag the one night and just got loaded. And (laughs) it was awesome. And and there was music and people everywhere just walking around, getting loaded. Uh, That sounds beautiful. I was like, this is Germany. This is my, my, you know, homeland. These are my people. So, yeah. And then it was everywhere I was in Germany and Netherlands and um, Belgium, it was really hard to find an IPA. And so Mm -hmm. after the first IPA that I drank from some local brewery that was just totally awful, I was like, that's it. I'm not drinking. And I'm not even going to try. And so when I got off the plane on that Thursday, I got home, got back to our brewery. And poured a tall glass of double bromance, one of our double IPAs, and it was like the best tasting thing. I hadn't tasted hops like that in well, you, know, you, you can't like find a good IPA in Europe. It doesn't exist. I can't believe even the that. Uh, the quote unquote American IPAs that no. are like five percent out of a cask. They're crap. Are English? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was I was like, I'm done. I'm not even gonna try. I'm done. Yeah, no, it's you like drink local like. <laughs> Don't oh even yeah, totally. Try to <laughs> yeah, the the local brewery in the Netherlands, um, in Amsterdam. Actually, I'm sorry, in Amsterdam, the brewery in Amsterdam. I, I seriously can't even. I mean, even when the guy told me how to pronounce it, I whatever. Um, their beer was pretty decent, so I drank a lot of that in Amsterdam. The local oh. brewery did cheese or tees or something. Yeah, you'll have to send it to me because I'm going to Amsterdam in a month. So. Ah, that's right. Yeah, and I will totally. Yeah. So yeah, that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, beer wise, cool. Rick, it's been a hot minute since actually it's only been about a month. Never yeah. mind. Like, what have you been uh, up to since we recorded the very, <laughs> the very bad episode? It wasn't bad. It was well, just, no, it was good episode. It, it was, was just, like the sound quality. Yeah, was the sound quality bad. was rough, and and I was sick. I'm not sick anymore. So yeah, you gave it to Brian. Hey, uh, pe- people didn't like that. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, this is the live album of you know the. I mean, maybe no, somebody not thrilled with the live album. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate live albums anyway. Well, I, I, I hate them unless I was there. Like then, oh, it's that's cool. fair. But like, Lincoln Park did that for a while. But uh, um, anyway, so me myself, old Dick, has uh, <laughs> brewed some beers. Man, that's uh, I did. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna so, crack into how yeah, many did you bring today? Three? I brought three. So there's two of. One, like two of them, so it's not five beers we have to drink. Um, but anyway, uh, so Golden Growler is a homebrew competition in Wausau, yep. Bull Falls Homebrew Club. Jerry from Austin, um, yeah, and, uh, you've yeah. judged that a couple times, right? At least. Judged it a couple. I won it one year. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. So this year it's dark mild, and each club gets to send three beers to be judged, and one of mine got the pick. So All that's right. going there. Is that one oh, of the yeah. beers we're trying today? It is. All yeah, right. We're going to try it. It's, it turned out uh, nice. It's it's kind of an interesting style to do for that, though, because like oh, we tasted these. them and picked them all like last week. And then it's like a month until they go to the thing. And Dark Mild is a style that like it's ages fast. 
and it i i think they get really good after like a month because you get a lot of those like plum characters mm -hmm. and stuff but so it should actually be better by the time it makes it to the competition because i fermented it a week before we tried them at the club and then kegged it the night before and carved it up wait it was a it seven day like yeah ferment okay yeah it fermented really fast. I've been using London Ale Yeast from White Labs, and it ferments nice and fast. I did a starter, got it going. It's like six days I was tasting it. Like, all right, nothing in there. No off flavors. All right. It's good now. So, fermented in like two days. Awesome. And then I just let, let it chill so it could get out of all that crap. But anyway, so I did that. Um, yeah. Also got a beer here that I made for my girlfriend because she wouldn't shut the hell up about <laughs> me bake, making a beer that she would like. <laughs> so she doesn't like the English styles, and I make a lot of those. So I made a chocolate coconut porter, which is, it's okay, but I did use an extract because I'm lazy. But it turned out okay. It turned right. out okay. Cool. Other than that, uh, what? yeah, we'll get to those. And that's really it. I mean, just brewing some brewskis, bruh. Brewing some brewskis, bruh. Yeah. All right, Justin? Oh, I've got nothing that can top either of those. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, went, went went to Wisconsin Dells with the family. Oh, hey, it's a rare a rare jaunt for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was fun though. We both nice. got we were, on vacation. We were both gone from the brewery for two days, and that was uh, well, I was gone for nine ish. Yeah, it was but terrifying. Yeah, you, was yeah. that the uh, the longest stretch without uh, either of us? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, actually. But yeah, otherwise. Um, no, I, we were talking before the show. We got some new stuff coming out of the brewery. We've been kind of focused on getting those up to speed the last few weeks, but not much else. All right, cool. All right, so Rick is, uh, well, I suppose, uh, what have I been up to beer? I, yeah. So I had a brew day yesterday, brewed, uh, what did I brew? The rebrew of the American Wheat and the double IPA rebrew for the Every Style Challenge. Uh, so those are in fermenters, and so we'll be tasting those soon-ish. Uh, that was it. Was one of the longest brew days I think I've ever actually had. Uh, we got a beer cam. One, if you want to throw oh, yeah. one yeah. in there, quick. There we go. Um, but yeah, so did that. I I don't know what it was, but I was just completely off my game at one point. Um, I was transferring out of the kettle into the fermenter, forgot to close the valve on the fermenter, didn't notice until about a gallon of wort Shit. had gone over the kitchen floor. Yeah, never done that uh, before. <laughs> it was just it was just one of those days where like by the time I like it was normally like a double brew day like that six hours. This took me about eight. And by the time I was done, I was just done. Mm. Like just completely unhappy. Been there. Totally been there. Everything. Then I went bowling and that made everything better. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh but yeah, I don't know. That's that's it. Oh, I also uh am working on upgrading my kegerator into a smart kegerator, quote unquote. Ooh. With uh Ooh. some flow inline flow meters and so I can see how much beer is being poured out and Whoa. All that fun Whoa. stuff. Got the got the raspberry. Uh, did raspberry pints was the was the base I used and modified that a little bit so I have a little like a little shitty box. I got. I'm talking with somebody <laughs> about getting get one 3D printed. So nice. Um, but yeah, so I did that. That was fun. That took way more time than it should have. And <laughs> and then I bought the wrong flow meter, so I got to get new flow meters because the ones I have just cause foaming. Oh, because uh, they're it's too small. It's too much of a 
of a size change. And so, what's, I, a, what's a flow meter on that scale run? Uh, the ones I bought were ten bucks. Okay. Nice. So, <laughs> yeah, our brewer was like, "Hey, can you get me a flow meter?" And I looked. I'm like, "Oh, they're a thousand dollars." I bought it, but <laughs> it's a huge help. But you know, yeah, no. If I'm just running it on the line, I don't need it to be super accurate. Like, right. as long as it can estimate an ounce, I'll be okay. Um, but yeah, beer wise, that's about it. Uh, Car- or, not Carlos, you're Rick. Yeah. What, what do we have going? <laughs> what, what do we have going? Well, Carlos always pours the beers that's for uh, for DOO. No, I'm true. So. <laughs> I'm out. Um, it is. It's the dark mild. Um, so it's it's a little bit under carb. Uh, you I have it. recipe for us? Oh yeah, let me grab that. I poured it off the tap, so it's a little bit like low on the carb. Mm. Yeah. Put a yep. low carb. Um, is this two B, uh, BJCP style? It is. It is a BJCP style, the beer, so we can measure it against that. We will. I will pull up Dark Mild real quick here. Yeah. Dark Mild 13A, British or brown British beer. Indeed, sir. Alrighty. So overall impressions, we're looking for a dark, low-gravity, malt-focused British session ale, readily suited to drinking in quantity. If I remember right, ours hit style, and, and I don't have to rebrew it. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Lovely. That is the most important part of any ridiculous thing. So um, while we're while we're doing this, we're going to go over recipes. Rick has three beers here, so the, the bulk of the episode is going to be talking about his beers, but there's also some weird beer news. There's one big story and then one small story I want to talk about today. Um, and so we're kind of, we're going to kind of do that while we're doing the tasting. Cause I figure an entire episode of just tasting beer is going to get kind of <clears throat> boring and a little long in the tooth. And so, yeah, we'll talk Shit. about some stuff. So Rick, uh, rattle off a recipe for us here. So recipe, um, it is, Oh, Oh yeah. We want percentages. Uh, 77.8% Maris Otter, uh, 7.4% Caramel 80, 7.4% Caramel 20, 3.7% Chocolate from Brees, and 3.7% Crystal 10. What, uh, what Caramel did you use, and then what Crystal? Uh, they're all Brees, because okay. that's what's available at the homebrew store oh, okay. over there. Um, yeah, and then Mutton's Maris Otter, I think. So, yeah. That's uh, that's what they all... That was, um, there is half an ounce of Fuggle with 4.5% alpha acid. Oh, sorry, that's 0.4 IBUs at Flameout. And then um, 17.5 IBUs of Columbus at 60 minutes. Oh. Just because I have a lot of Columbus, because I got some from a guy, so it's great for bittering. Yes. Because it's 17.3%. So, yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the whole whole deal. Um, it did. Where did I end up mashing it? Um, mashed it at one fifty six. It was actually like one fifty seven because I bumped it up a little. Wanted to make sure there was a little body in there. Yeah, a little body. Uh-huh. Well, um, so yeah, we hit hit good numbers. Uh, came out at three point five percent, like the OG. Where did that ten thirty seven, ten ten for a final. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got. All right, cool. Um, oh, holding it up to the patented beer light. <laughs> That's a good beer light. Uh, it has a, I don't know, a very nice color, like a deep copper. Yeah, I forgot to mention the um, tablespoon of Irish moss at 15 minutes. Oh, okay. To help with the old Cleary boys. The, you know, she, I mean, she's pretty clear. 
It, it did turn out pretty yeah. clear. Um, what was? I'm sorry. What was the gravity on this? Ten thirty-seven. Okay. And finished at ten 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 ten. Okay. Yeah. All right. I've also been messing with my water a little bit, getting the pH corrected and stuff. All right. But the water in Green Bay is naturally soft and super nice for brewing, so that's pretty cool. Awesome. Uh, did you add any uh, any salts to the water at all? Or? This one I added like a couple grams of calcium chloride just to get that ratio a little better for the malt. But it was just a little bit. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, wow. I mean... Tastes good, smells good. Like <laughs> I can't smell shit. But other, <laughs> other than uh, not being carbed enough, the only other concern I'd have is the head or head retention. But that might. I think that well, we we didn't get any head. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, it's, it's, it's. I mean, I was lazy and I poured it right off the tap without like I don't have a counter pressure filler yet or anything, so I just dumped it into the bottle off the tap. My my first impression, I, I've had a fair amount of homebrewed milds. Um, it struck me how good the body is on this one. It's well, not yeah, thin that's at a, all. That's that was actually the biggest like the reason that this one got picked to move on, which I'm super pleased with because I think everyone's too scared to go as high as you need to on the mash. Tab. Oh, on a mash. Tab? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No like, man, people are terrified can't. to go over like 155. They're like, oh, it's way too high. high, and it's like correct your pH and you're fine. Like. You don't don't mash it at 165 or anything, but, but well, I only mash at 180. <laughs> but you'll be fine. Like it's not a big deal, and that's that was the biggest comment because all of them that I tried, I mean, it's, we're we're down in the three percent range. Like you need body, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, it's gotta otherwise, be like yeah. well, and we've watering. talked about that on our session beer episodes. Yep. Um, yep. Like that's that's the biggest thing when you go low <laughs> alcohol, you have to do something to make it feel like there's something there, so you're not just drinking an empty beer. Yeah, I think we stressed that. Yeah. Right. And For, so many of them were like like LaCroix beer. Well, yeah, it, it's like this is what brown tastes like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, for for a contest like what you're going into, it'll be a good one because it's whether it's the golden grower side or the judging side, it's it's too style, but it stands out just enough because you got the body nailed right. Well, good. I appreciate the the con- comments. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know any. I don't know if the, I. I didn't pick up anything bad about it besides no, the, no off flavors. The yeah. <laughs> nope. So I think the <clears throat> amount of malts that are in it is good because it gives it a little depth on that one. Uh, here, let's try to keep these glasses straight as we move to the next one. Yeah, so we don't catch what Brian has. <laughs> All right. All right. So while while the next one's uh, getting ready here, let's talk about Dogfish Head. And their newest stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, oh, Casey. Uh, Casey does not oh. like gimmicks, and honestly, you know, dog. They're they're, they're a gimmick they're, brewery. A gimmick brewery. That's period. all they do is gimmicks. So. But so they are doing uh, a beer called Super Eight. It's a Super Goza uh, made with eight fruits. Because why the fuck not? And they he got this idea when he was on a Kodak podcast, which first of all didn't realize that Kodak had a podcast. Wait, he was on it, or <laughs> yeah, he was, he was listening to it. He was on it. And why was why was Sam Kellyon on? It'd be funny if it was an audio podcast, and they're like, "Yeah, this is a good picture. <laughs> well, get that picture." Uh, <laughs> Brian, you want to throw that on That's the beer cam? Quick, yeah. I imagine. 
Um, but yeah, so he he got this idea. They were talking, and he's like, you know, I bet we could make a beer with the pH low enough to develop your Super 8 film. And Kodak was like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and so now they what? are making <laughs> this beer called Super 8 with a pH low enough to develop film. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to figure out what the minimum pH is to develop film. I've been looking oh, for that. Yeah. That's interesting. And I, don't, yeah, I, don't, I haven't really done this is, like, this is like, hey, none of, neither of us are relevant anymore. Let's, <laughs> let's cross market. Like, <laughs> it's kind of a shit thing to say, but. Uh-huh. Well, it, say, it is. It's true. Like, <laughs> you know, there's And that. so, like, and then I, I looked at it, and so they have instructions on the Kodak website on how to develop your film with this beer. But all right, uh, first, let's let's talk about the beer itself. So this sessionable Super Goza is brewed with eight heroic ingredients. Prickly pear, mango, boysenberry, blackberry, raspberry, elderberry, kiwi juice, toasted quinoa, and an ample edition of red Hawaiian sea salt. Confusing. Cool. <laughs> Why quinoa? Yeah. One? Well, I mean, like, I don't know. I'm all for like doing weird stuff, but that's just weird. I mean, it is. I uh, and okay, and it's five and a half percent. That seems a little high for a goza, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it does seem high like, to me for sure. Yeah, but that's that's super sessionable now. It's five and a half percent, which is another thing I have an issue with. Yeah. But <laughs> let's see what the BJCP says about that being high. <laughs> But oh yeah, just like what? what? Oh, so yeah, basically you just take your you take your film and you just use the goza as your like development liquid. I get like also waste of a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know film, but I'm I'm just wondering is it, what it would normally cost? Is the, could you? You know, oh yeah, like you know, what, is what, the beer what, gonna cost twice as much as the film? And oh, oh a, it has to. The, the article had beer. It's gonna be really uh, fucking touche. It's, yeah. it's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be a coming a four pack, yeah. and it's probably gonna be like twenty bucks, 20, 20 bucks. 15 17, bucks for that four pack. And you need like. five cases to develop one roll of film. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you then drink the beer after you develop film in it? I feel like you I, add caustic uh, chemicals. Right. Oh yes, because you develop it in a bowl, so it's even more trendy right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, you, you drink it. What? I saw something on Facebook about these motherfuckers drinking <laughs> beer out of a giant fishbowl. Look what I started. <laughs> Dude, yeah, you, have no, to, like, you have to drink it with like a the, little film strip garnish out of a bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that would look really cool, man. <laughs> That's Instagram ready right there. Like, <laughs> caught gramming. <laughs> So yeah, this this episode is just going to turn into Casey is an old man and hates things. <laughs> <laughs> old man ye- yells dumb. at Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I uh, just what's the second beer here, Richard? So this second beer is a is a weird one. Um, so I I made a three and a half liter starter, and then my dumbass was on the phone trying to like tell my dad to go to bed, and. <laughs> It's he was just hammered and he kept calling me and I was busy. So I was on the phone and I grabbed my USO5 yeast and dumped it in and I was like, shit, that's not what I wanted. So I made a one gallon beer instead. I like took some hops and boiled them on the stove for 20 minutes and then threw them in. And then I threw 50 grams of heather tips into the fermenter because I've never used heather. And it turned out super weird. And now I know what Heather tastes like. It in a beer. smells like bread dough. Yeah. Yeah, it's strange. 
I, I get a bread dough aroma, and that's it. Yeah, that's all I'm getting. It's yeah. just that's the aroma. It's dough, and not yeasty like just bread dough. Bread dough. Yeah, and it tastes like flowers. It kind of does. Yeah, it's a weird beer. I don't like it. it's not here for people to like it's mostly I was like well now I know what Heather tastes like in a beer that's another thing in the world (laughs) I I get the Heather on the end not that I know what Heather tastes like but I've had enough different like plants that that (laughs) well it's easy to figure out which one it is like what flavor it is but otherwise I get get bread dough in in water yeah no it definitely yeah there's no body like there's it tastes doughy and uh, and uh, flowery I, I like like I said I brought this because I thought it was interesting I didn't think it was yeah. good you should bake it <laughs> you should bake this beer <laughs> man mm. but yeah it's like an interesting weird thing yeah and I I was like do I just dump this starter because now I, I don't know try developing I, photographs in it oh I <laughs> it might, it might not be good enough for film but a photo maybe? I mean yeah I mean maybe get your uh, like see what the pH is put it in a bowl uh <laughs> That'll work. Yeah, so that's just a fun, interesting thing there. I mean, yeah, um, I guess you use Heather. You should put it in a vase. Yeah, put it in a vase. Yeah. The balls, interesting thing. Balls. The interesting thing is how much Heather going into a beer doesn't taste at all like what it does when you have it raw. Because so I tasted it and I was like, mm, "That's not going to be good." And then I put it in, and actually, the Heather. Like used in a smaller amount in like an appropriate Heather beer. I think I'd actually. What like would be that. an appropriate Heather beer? A Heather beer. <laughs> like that Scottish Heather beer. <laughs> in a Scottish? I don't know. No, it's it's a thing. It's a Scottish Heather beer. Okay. Like it's a it's a historical thing. Oh, okay. I looked it. That's right. Yeah, you've been doing a lot of like historical have, styles. Well, that's research. why I got this because I want to try to make one of those. Because okay. before, like hops were universally used for beer. They used they whatever used plants they could stuff, find. And Heather was one of them. So, I don't know. Justin. Yes. Drink the rest of your Heather beer. <laughs> you can make a great bread with it. <laughs> Maybe like a sourdough starter or something. I don't. Yeah. All right. Um, so, getting to our big uh, discussion while we're trying to figure out. Uh, I mean, there's a little bowl there. You could just pour it in the little bowl. And... Right in the bowl. <laughs> Throw some film in. Throw it in the bowl, Justin. <laughs> God damn it. It does improve the aroma. When you put it in the bowl? It makes it greater, wow. bigger. <laughs> the aroma has so much more big. All right, so our main discussion uh, is something that I'm calling Corngate uh, because the media hasn't yet, and they're going to because they like to add gate on the end of everything. Um, so Corngate started when Budweiser released a delightful Super Bowl ad, yeah, basically calling out Miller Coors for using corn in their beer. But they use they said the words corn syrup yeah. instead of corn, which I, they might be using syrup. They might be using flake corn. I don't know. Uh, see why it matters. It that doesn't. We use corn sugar all the time. Yeah. Like well, brewer, exactly. Breweries use corn sugar all the time. I think it's just the idea like people are going to be like, whoa, that's in my beer. Well, yeah, it's it's the whole like corn syrup thing, you know. That was a thing for a while, wasn't yeah. it? Like, oh, yeah. egg yolks are bad for you, mm-hmm. you know. Or well, yeah, no, so like, and then, uh, so that, that happened, and Anybody who's ever brewed realized not a big deal, but the general public was like, what? Mm-hmm. 
Um, but so, and then to put icing on the cake, not only was it just this ad, they also put billboards in Colorado on a highway near like the flagship uh, Coors uh, Brewery. Uh, and the billboard said things like Coors Light uses corn syrup, Bud Light, we don't, and 100% less corn syrup than Coors Light. Like, this is a, like a big bear poking another big bear. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen, but you know you kind of want to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Schadenfreude. <laughs> <laughs> the Germans have a word for that. It's Schadenfreude. All right. We're just all the other little tiny forest creatures sitting back and watching. <laughs> yeah, watching these two giants just duke, Pretty duke much. it out. Like, um, so then this month, uh, it was it this past week even I think, uh, Miller Coors uh, filed a lawsuit against AB InBev, uh, saying Anheuser Busch is fear mongering over a common beer ingredient it uses in many of its own beers uh, as a fermentation aid that is not even present in the final product. This deliberate deception is bad for the entire beer category, and we are uh, showing or showing the world the truth. Um, and then, this morning, I read a fun article of uh, people are now mad at Budweiser over their rice usage. Uh, they use over 34 million bushels of rice a year. Um, yeah, and the article I said... Yeah, said, see, uh, I'm on point Red. today. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the article I read said uh, that they use 8% of the total rice in the world. Right. Of, yeah. Which is insane. And it, then, Justin, off air, you were saying something about... Yeah, I I wish I could cite my source, but uh, there was some talk that the year leading up to this, which apparently caught Miller off guard, that the two big breweries and some of the larger craft breweries have been working on a very... Uh, coordinated campaign very akin to the Got Milk campaign to help up beer sales as a whole. And this totally derailed like a year of negotiations and talks and money that all these breweries were going to put into this campaign just because Budweiser cashed in on some Super Bowl ads. That that uh, marketing guy got fired. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's interesting. I, I, I was looking at the suit and Miller filed it in uh, federal court in Wisconsin, actually. Um, oh, really? Yep. And they, they went at it in two fronts, one for misleading advertising and then another because it'll let them seek injunctive relief, which would be like a, a quick answer so they could shut these ads down before the lawsuit actually finishes is what they're trying to do, saying it targets them specifically, which it, it obviously does. And there's a bunch of other factors they have to, to trigger. So it's, it's two fronts. One, it's misleading to the public and two, it's specifically harming Miller. So they're looking for quick action while the lawsuit could take years to finish up. I like having a lawyer on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Comes in handy from time to time. It's usually just us pretending to be experts about shit. (laughs) We have an actual expert. This is weird. (laughs) That's, yeah, no, that's super fascinating. Like, and I can't believe they just blew up this whole, like, multi-million dollar deal. Like, over. That's unwise. It is a little bit, a little bit. Well, yeah, I, I mean, when, when beer sales as a whole are shrinking, it would have been a nice influx for all of us involved in the industry to have something like that going on, yep. tying, you know, American drinking beer, American product, all this together, and then for that to just kind of go out the window sucks. Yeah. Um, and so the rice, the, the bringing back a little bit to the rice thing, the rice thing is important because not only are they using 8% of all the rice, 
which is a lot, and you know that could be food. Uh, but uh, rice is also one of the most expensive in terms of like uh, greenhouse gas emissions uh, foods to grow, just mm-hmm. because of how it's grown and stuff like that. So they're killing the earth and business deals. <laughs> <laughs> nice, indeed. Um, also, I like just kind of a question to the group. Do you think um, like this, like these two, like going head to head with like the corn syrup thing and all of that? Do you think that's hurting just like the American lager style, or do you think that's going to hurt the beer industry as a whole, depending on how this shakes out? Oh well, probably as a whole, and then for the big ones, period. But, you know, it doesn't. In my mind, it doesn't look. To me, it it looks silly when two, you know, big companies like that decide to spar on something so dumb, you know. But then again, the general public doesn't have, I I suppose anyway, that the average person doesn't have this the sort of insight that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just hear um, that their uh, was it uh, triple uh, triple like hopped or whatever beer. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think truth be told, just the fact that it's getting big beer in the news, it's probably going to help beer sales all around. And Bush is probably sitting back and just being like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> no, you know, all press is good press. Well, yeah. Well, isn't Bush owned by AB and Bev? Well, they're part of some group. I, yeah, it's yeah. like Anheuser. I thought they were independent. God, I, I know. Uh, it was the the numbers last year. It's basically it's always the big two, and then the the third spot shifts about every three or four years. And okay. Bush is where it's at right now. So if there's any change, it's usually in those three and four spots, and they've been the the quick riser for the last three or four years. So they're the one who really has the most to gain or to lose. most to gain. Yeah, Bush. Okay. Anheuser Busch. Uh, yeah, Anheuser Busch. Yeah, AB and Bev. <laughs> that yeah. <laughs> um yeah okay cool all right rick <clears throat> yeah beer number three. Oh, beer number three is uh chocolate porter okay chocolate uh, and coconut um so it is 63 percent pale ale malt 21 percent chocolate eight percent victory and eight percent caramel 20 all right. Um, patented beer light. No light getting through this thing. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. It's quite dark. Um, the oh, it's uh again with the Columbus hops, nineteen IBUs at thirty minutes, and three. Oh, I think that was actually sixty. That doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to do. Anyway, um, three point one IBUs of Northern Brew at five minutes. Fermented with USO five. I'm not getting a ton of like super chocolatey aroma or any like no it's and that's probably just no carbonation so there's nothing yeah. to lift it out of the glass yeah it's I mean it had more aroma when it was carbed but now again it's pretty low what'd you do with the coconut how how was that was it toasted was it regular how'd you introduce it it was a extract oh, okay and I threw it in at kegging because like I said this was the beer that my girlfriend yeah. wanted me yep, to make yep. and I didn't want to mess with like Sitting around and waiting for coconut to you taste should, good. You should toast the coconut next time and use real coconut. No, I, I probably would. Like, I just did this to see if this beer would work at all. And it tastes, like, pretty good, so I would probably make it again and use real coconut next time. Uh, like, all I can taste right now is, like, coconut extract. Yeah. 
Yeah, bit, it, it's a bit heavy. Bit chemically, yeah. aromas there, flavors not kind of what you'd expect from that much extract. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's uh, heavy on the extract, but it worked because she likes it a lot. So, yep. <laughs> mission like, accomplished. Literally all that we can matters. get you a banner. Now, for what mm-hmm. it's worth, if you're gonna do coconut, I like you said, toast it, throw a little in the mash, and then if you're very careful with how we do it in a secondary, you can introduce there as well. Okay. I didn't even think about doing coconut in the mash. Yeah, definitely would either. carry over, mm-hmm. and I don't. It would, it, always with coconut, you'd run into it tasting like copper tone, especially if you use extract. Yeah, know, that's really. Depends. But I mean, that is my favorite lotion to drink. Just <laughs> <laughs> the tastiest of lotions. All right. Uh, yeah, I guess that's that's all three beers. We talked about both of my stories. Uh, I coined the term corn gate. So if anybody uses that, I can sue them now, right? Brian's, I think that's how Brian's that works. article had, had rice gate on there. Oh, well, that's because they're talking specifically about the rice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it started with corn. It was yeah. on a website called um, Brew Studs. Ooh. That sounds like a uh, porn site. That's not, that's not, <laughs> it sounds like the the website for us nerds. Where do you like to go? I like to go to brewstuds.com. Hey, baby, what's up? I have an iron brew beer, so here's my wiener. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm just trying to think of how that would go on that website. Well, on that note... <laughs> I forgot what it was like to have Rick on the show. <laughs> I'll break it. <laughs> um, will you just no? You're supposed to open music. That's how you. That's how it works. There we go. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in this week. And uh, next week we'll be having our uh, water uh, taste test. So that'll be fun. And we'll talk a little bit about mash pH if we have time, which I'm hoping we will, because I think that'll be a lot of fun too, because mm-hmm. that's important. And we'll talk about why next week. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnerdstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash You can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>